This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, y'all, it's Mary Payne Gilbert, and this is my podcast, Pain in the Pod. Today, you're in for a real British treat. My guest is Rob Shooter of the Naughty But Nice Gossip website. You definitely know Rob from seeing him on TV, but Rob is an accomplished magazine editor, a writer, a TV personality, and of course, he has a fabulous podcast, Straight Shooter. I've run across Rob two times this year when I was in New York, and let me tell you, in person, Rob is super energetic and nice and just a ball of excitement all the freaking time. And he gets to talk all day about my favorite subject, celebrity gossip. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. What a lovely introduction. I could listen to that every day. It makes me feel awfully good. Thank you. Rob, what do you think about my British accent? Because (laughs) let me me ask you, does everybody come up to you and go, I'm Rob Shooter? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Kathy Lee started it. So Kathy Lee and Hoda, they used to introduce me like I was um, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Robin Leach. Remember Robin Leach from Life oh. of the Goods of Rich and Famous? Sure, of course. So they used to make fun of my accent all the time. I'm really bad with accents. Like I, I don't really hear them. It sounds crazy. Maybe I've just been in America uh, just too long or, or, or not long enough, but I don't I don't really hear them. I'm really bad at it. I don't hear Irish accents. I don't hear British. I don't hear American accents. Um, and, and also, too, I should remind you that in America, I'm really special. In Britain, I'm just another Brit. So if you want to feel lovely about the way you sound, go to a foreign country. In Britain, we eat, eat up the American accents. So for all your listeners who want to feel like they sound special and fabulous, go to Britain. We love Americans. So how long have you lived in the United States, for real? About 20 years. I came over, I'd finished my master's degree at university, thank you very much, and I went to Edinburgh University after failing Oxford and Cambridge. So Oxford and Cambridge are the two best universities. Edinburgh's the third choice. And we all sat around the, the um, union room saying, did you fail? We all failed Oxford and Cambridge. So the third choice is Edinburgh. I went to Edinburgh where, incidentally, Kate Middleton went until she transferred to go to St. Andrews when she found William was there. She chased him from day one. Um, Pippa went to Edinburgh too. So I went to Edinburgh. Four years, absolutely delicious in Britain. University is free. Oxford and Cambridge are free. So I could stay and get a master's for free. I'm not from a terribly rich family. And so I stayed in Edinburgh, got my master's. And then I came to America straight after university 20 years ago. It is free to go to university? There's only one paid university in Britain. It's the University of Buckinghamshire, and it's a joke because it's where all the really rich kids go that are really stupid because even if you're not that bright, there's a free university somewhere in Britain. But Harry and William did not pay. It was free. Like, you don't pay Middleton. It was free. And so, uh, yeah, the only people to pay are the Americans. That's why we love American students coming to Britain for a year, because they have to pay. But for everybody in Britain, it's um, it's free. I couldn't have afforded to go. My family are not rich. My dad's a policeman. My mommy um, is a housewife. They have five kids. I'm the youngest of five. My dad had a second job fitting carpets. So every... um, 
every house in the neighborhood I knew from the inside because I'd go with my dad on Saturday whenever they could afford a new carpet. And so um, they struggled, they struggled. But education, thankfully, was something that was free in Britain. So I, I managed to get an, an amazing education, great teachers, great university. And I worked really hard at it. And so um, that, that sort of put me on the track to, to, to do all this. But if I hadn't had that basis, even though what I'm doing now is certainly very little to do with my master's, which is in political science, but although it's like Kim Kardashian's bottom never fitted into that curriculum, it taught me all the skills of life. Going to school for me, leaving home, learning how to cook and wash your own jeans and get out of bed on time. Those four years at university made me grow up. And so when I came to America, I was like a little adult. I, I could do this. Did you just compare your political science degree to Kim Kardashian's bottom? It's all the same. It's honestly, I know it sounds ridiculous, but the greatest politicians in the world are entertainers. As I think we're seeing now, regardless of what your political persuasions are, people that are great entertainers can also be wonderful politicians. And in a weird way, the people that are the most successful in politics, you know, even Ronald Reagan was an actor. Uh, know how to put on a show. And so from the earliest age, I used to watch Margaret Thatcher doing her press um, conferences, question time in the Houses of Commons, and it was like watching Hamlet. It was extraordinary. She stood there and she took questions, and regardless of your political persuasion, the show she put on was, was awfully entertaining. And then the biggest impact in my career was not necessarily my my education, but it got me into positions where I could really learn. And my first big job in America was working for P. Diddy, working for Puffy. Puffy taught me how to be a showman. I worked with Diddy for eight years, seven, eight years. I don't really know what he does. Like, I'm pro- like I, I, I think he sells T-shirts. I think he sells vodka. I know he's in the music business, but I'm not really exactly 100% clear what he does for a living. But what I do know and what he taught me is he puts on a show. Nobody is as entertaining. He's our generation's Barnum. And when I worked for him, I really was a sponge. I watched him. I saw what he did, even down to changing his name. Um, I, he, he was brilliant. I, I, learned, I learned from Diddy, and that's how I became a not just a gossip columnist. I'm a good columnist. I'm not the best. I'm good. But I do it with a flair, and I do it with a dash of entertainment, and that's really been the secret of my success. Wow. Okay. So let me ask you this about your podcast. Now, why did you decide to start a podcast in addition to all your other jobs? I am slow with technology. I really am. I'm really quite old-fashioned. I like I like a landline still. I do. Yeah, I have a cell phone. I do. But I like a landline. I like I like talking to my mommy every Sunday on my landline. And um, I was sort of pushed into it a little bit. Um, friends were doing podcasts, none of which I was listening to. I don't really listen to that many podcasts. It's a new thing for me. It takes me a while. I still listen to LPs. Like, I mean, I know the CDs have, and I know iTunes exist, but I'm really one of the few people in New York City that has a record player. I, I'm really old-fashioned, so it was suggested that I do one, and I dragged my heels. I didn't know what I'd talk about. 
You know what he was? The real moment, if I'm being really honest. I'm a guest on the Wendy Williams show. Wendy opens that show, and she does a 20-minute monologue. No guests, just Wendy on her purple throne, looking into the camera, and it's not on teleprompter. She has cue cards, but it's not teleprompter. She's not reading a script. And I used to watch Wendy, and I was like, wow, that's really neat. I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could talk for 20 minutes, and that's when I decided, so I was offered a podcast, I was offered this podcast, that podcast, I was like, maybe if I do this, I can just do a monologue, so my podcast is no guest, it's just me, if you don't like me, it's not a podcast for you, because it's just <laughs> me talking, and um, so I did it almost as a little bit of a challenge, I did it to see if I could do it, I know that if you do something often enough, you've got to put in the work. I tell everyone that works for me at Naughty Gossip or even at the radio show now, I tell them if you do the work, I'm a big believer, if you do the work, success will come. Some people are lucky and it comes really quickly. Some people it takes years. But Joan Rivers was a mate of mine. Joan, Joan was very helpful to me in my career. Joan Rivers used to tell me she would stand in the rain longer than anybody. And what she meant by that is she wouldn't give in. She pitched fashion police to E. Ten years in a row. They passed nine years. But she just kept pitching. Eva Longoria once said she went to every audition in Hollywood and there was the same ten Latino girls. And over the years, some of them got married, some of them got a baby, some gave up. Eva kept going. And when it came to Desperate Housewives, those ten Latino girls that she saw at every audition was down to two. So you just want to keep doing it and your odds get better. And if you do it a lot... You get better at it. I don't, I don't go to the gym, but I'm told if you go often enough, <laughs> you get better. Like, you're going to lose some weight. If you go all the time, you will. It will work. Not for me, but it will. And it's the same with a podcast or anything you do in life. If you do it, and you do it again, 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 it gets good. So if my podcast it was more of a challenge, I didn't know I could do it. It scared me. I like being scared. Um... I knew I'm stubborn, so if I started it, I was going to do it every week. And if you listen to the early podcasts, they're pretty awful. They're, they're not, but they, they got good. Like, I, like now I listen to them, I make myself laugh. That's a good thing. But you get better at it. So why I did it really was to see if I could do it. I didn't do it to make any money because you don't do that. I didn't do it to become famous because it, that, that rarely, rarely happens. Honestly, I thought, I wonder if I can do this. And so I was like, I'll give it a go. And I was terribly nervous. For the first, like, three months, I, got, I, I had to, like, drink a lot of water. I was like, yeah. And then after a while, you get, you get your stride. How long did it take you before you hit your stride on your podcast? Well, this is not about me, but my podcast started just in October. And, you know, I'm just getting rolling myself. But what I'm, was the I'm, reason that you started yours? Rob, you're not interviewing me. I know, I know. This is just curious, though. Okay. Isn't it interesting, isn't it? I, I've never heard that question. Like, what, what, what made you start doing you? Um, I love podcasts, and I'm very interested in podcasts. And I thought, hey, maybe I can make a podcast about podcasters. It's always the idea, isn't it? It's always like, so in life, I have people that, that come up to me all the time. Chanel, who's a, who's a, who's a regular on, on Taylor's show, always wants to do another show, a TV show. And I'm always like, it all sounds delicious, but what's the show? Like, if for an hour, what is it? And once you answer that question, 
life's much easier. So everybody wants to do all this stuff, but then you, you have to say to yourself, what am I going to talk about for an hour, 30 minutes? What right. is this show? So do do we want to um, have a podcast? Yes. And then, then my next question to everybody else is, and what would that be? And very few people can answer that. So if you come up with an idea, a friend of mine is a huge reality fan, and she has a podcast called Reality Alyssa. And what she does is she interviews people behind the scenes. So she's not interested in the housewives or Bethany or Stassi or the stars. She interviews the producers. And it's a fascinating podcast because she came up with this really good idea and, it, and it's different. My podcast is not somebody just talking about celebrities. I break celebrity news. So as well as writing a column each week and my website each week, I save certain juicy items and I break them on the podcast. So what, what the shtick, what the gimmick of my podcast is, is it's breaking celebrity news. It's not just my opinion. It's not just stories I've read on Us Weekly or Radar. It's actually breaking celebrity news each week. Yeah, I was going to ask you on your podcast, you always have a blind item. So do you save that up? I love them. So when I normally, this how blind items occur. Blind item is when, just to tell everybody what, what a blind item is, a blind item is when you give every single naughty detail, but you leave out the name. The way they were invented was when I go to my lawyer. I have, a, I have an in-house lawyer for naughty gossip at my website. And when I go to my lawyer and stories are just too naughty or the sourcing isn't strong enough, he says you can do it, but you've got to leave out the name. And that's how blind items were invented. So often blind items are just too naughty for me to legally do. So they don't, they don't sort of come to me as blind items. They come to me as, as regular items. I just can't do them. So for instance, I live in, in, in a building in Manhattan where Pete Davidson lives. Ooh. I knew a year ago he was in big trouble because he smashed all the windows in the building, oh. in oh. his apartment. And Ariana was with him at the time. I couldn't report it because although I knew it happened, the sourcing wasn't good enough to get through lawyers. People think that it's all fake news and that it's not. You have to be really very careful what you say about people, certainly celebrities who are rich. And so I did a blind item about a celebrity who was, you know, in terrible mental shape and smashed his windows. But I never said who it was. Now, a year later, I can tell you it was Pete Davidson. So often these blind items reveal themselves, but not in the moment. I knew Selena Gomez was going through mental health issues. And so that I couldn't report at the time. I'm not sure I even wanted to. I'm, I'm a bit weary about mental health stuff. It's, it's their story, not mine, I think. And so, but eventually these blind items come out. A lot of people that have affairs or break up. It starts as a blind item, and then um, the way you get gossip, it's tricky. You get you get a little bit here, a little bit there, but it takes a while. So you can start with a blind item, and then as the days, the hours, the weeks are on, these items become more solid. Yeah, I just imagine for your New York gossip, I imagine that it's just Sonia Morgan calling you all the time. <laughs> Me and Sonia had a falling out. I know it's the biggest mistake I made in the gossip business. I used to know Sonia well enough that we would go out drinking together twice a week to a little little bar 
where she lives on the east side in the 60s and it's not a famous fabulous bar where you'd see anybody it was a real cool like a piano bar and we'd sit there and nobody would even know it was her certainly nobody knew it was me and we'd sit there and drink and we'd gossip or I'd go to her townhouse she has this fabulous townhouse um, I did an item on Sonia that she didn't like and um, I thought she would brush it off and she hasn't to this day I have if I texted Sonia now it would take a while for her to text me back. The, the one that gets the best press, like a Bethany, is probably the most leaky of the housewives. Sonia, I love you. I adore her. I'm sorry for my mistake, but Sonia drinks too much to remember seeing anything. So she, she's not a very good gossip because she's not that good at remembering stuff. A good gossip, you have to be really like a little bit conniving. Like the girls that are the best at leaking are not the ones that you think are the ones that leak. Does that make sense? It, yes, absolutely. It's always I, like, yeah, the ones that, like, people are like, is she the one that tells you everything? And I never, ever tell sources, um, but it's often not the one you think. What did you say about Sonia that made her mad? Uh, oh, her assistant at the time had this um, call to the boss from hell and had a laundry list of things that Sonia made her do, all of which I thought were hilarious. Like, in the morning, she had to bring her a cup of tea or she had to like, run a bath or, like, the ice cubes had to be a certain size. Or It was all stuff that was just so deliciously funny. It's like a diva story. It's like, I can't resist a Mariah Carey and how much luggage she carries or, like, people have to bow or she has to be carried in and out of bed. Like, all those stuff make me giggle. And so I did a story... And Sonia did not appreciate it. Oh. And I well, she'll be fine. She'll bounce back. Like, she's actually quite a good egg. Um, Luhan's quite a good egg. What you see on TV is, is just the tip of the iceberg of it. They're, um, they're complicated people. Like, some of them are really damaged. People that want to go on reality shows often do not earn a lot of money, so they're doing it for attention, not money. Chanel, who's on Taylor's show, um, was on my afternoon show, and she told me she earned $500 an episode for the Long Island Princesses. The, uh, my new obsession is 90 Day Fiancé. They earn $1,000 a show. So they don't earn the type of money you think. The first seasons of Housewives, there was a rumor that they earned 60000 an episode. It was not true. I saw the contracts. They earned 7000 for the whole season. The whole wow. season. So people do reality shows for attention. They do it because they, they want to be famous, or, and people want to be famous for lots of different reasons, some good, some bad. But um, people, yeah, people that do reality shows love the limelight, and they have to. Uh, it's not something I would want to do. I, li- I like attention, but I, I don't like it enough to be on a reality show. But people that do, I don't hold it against them. Good luck to them, but they're not doing it for the money because very few of them make decent money. The people on Summer House are not making any money. It's really inflated. Yeah, but they get a, a free Summer House. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I'd rather be home than be followed around by those cameras. And, but they do it because they love it. They love the attention. They want to do this. And I'm not putting them down for it. I'm grateful they are. I love reality stars. You know, 50% if not more of my column is reality stars. But it is interesting. You, you see the ones that are stable and are in it for their business or to promote stuff, and you see the ones that are just like, oh, girl, the last place you should be is a reality show. Yeah. Now, here's a random question for you. How late do you stay up at night? Because you got to get the L.A. gossip, right? Yeah, yeah. I have, a, I have an office in L.A. So I have a naughty gossip office in L.A., and Mickey, who runs that, is terrific. And um, I, I stay up, I, I get up at about midnight if I'm, if I'm home, if I'm out and about. I'm in bed by 1.30. I don't get in that late. I have, I have a team of people 
that have just assigned for the clubs, and it's a young person's business. So the people that do the gossip in the nightclubs are in their 20s, and I basically pay their bar bills. Like, they earn very little salary from me, but they, you know, I pay their bar bills, they get into clubs, and they're there for 5 a.m. So what they do is they send me files. So if they've been assigned a club or they're going to clubs with Lindsay Lohan or whoever's out tonight, in the morning when I'm getting up, I get up pretty early. So when I'm up about like seven, um, I'll, I'll read all their files and it'll be who, who, what, where, when. They, they shouldn't. And I said, I'm not that bossy. I'm like, if they're going to drink, just don't drink so much that you can't remember. And the, the little trick that they do too is every 30 minutes, they go to the bathroom or somewhere and they'll text themselves so that they can remember it. Oh. It's like being a little bit of a spy. It's very James Bond. It's really quite fun. And so, like, yeah. if ever you go out for drinks with me or dinner with me, I'm sure people must think I'm doing mounds and mounds of cocaine in the bathroom because every 40 minutes I will excuse myself and I'll go to the bathroom and text myself. Wow. Okay, this is like inside baseball. <laughs> wow. If you say something delicious, if you say something on the table next to me, say something fascinating, I'm not going to remember it, or I'm not going to remember it accurately, and it's all about the details. So I will go, and I'm, you know, I might say, I'm going to the bathroom, or I'm going to check my phone. You'll think I hate to. I hate checking phones at the table. It's just a pet peeve. And so a lot of people I know who I go out with also are gossip columnists are working in show business and something like and we can all just sit at the front table texting our phones I'm like this is so stupid why are we even here so I have like a sort of not a no phone rule I'm not the boss but I definitely when I'm with my friends try to put my phone down and I focus on you for a good 30 minutes and then I'll run to the bathroom and check my phone and then I'll come back and do another 30 minutes and run to the bathroom so you get like 30 minutes of me and then I'm done for, for about 5 minutes then I run back but I don't check my email. And if I see something naughty, if I see something or a photograph of my email, I don't do it in public. I, I, I go to the bathroom. Well, speaking of the Pete Davidson thing, do you, have you ever gotten a piece of information that was huge, but you felt like like the Pete Davidson thing, you felt like, you know, this is not my thing to take. And then it comes out later. Yeah, and, I, and I'm fine with it. I, it like, um, there was uh, Edith Falco. I knew about her cancer diagnosis. I didn't report that. I don't do health scares. So if somebody's going through something, I don't do HIV. And I don't, like, if people have cancer, HIV, if they're children, I don't do children's stories. I'm pretty good at this. And, like, I, I like my life. I get to sleep at night with a, with, a, with a happy mind. Like, it's just, I'm not that competitive either. Like, for me, being first is exciting. And being first with a funny story is even more exciting. I don't break abortions. I don't break drug overdoses. I don't break the really dirty stuff. Like, if you want really hard, hard news, like, you go to Radar or TMZ or... I love going to them. I'm on Radar 10 times a day. It's my favorite website. It's just not me. Right. I like cheeky. I like silly. I like fun. I like knowing all the other stuff, too. But I, I like a little bit of gossip mixed in with a little bit of entertainment is my sweet spot. I think it's just about finding who you are. I'm not mean. I, I don't I don't like mean. I don't like mean stories. I like gossiping with friends, but it's not stuff that I print. I don't like doing stuff about people's children. I don't like substance abuse. Ben Affleck I knew was a mess for a long time. And we talked about it but in very generic terms. Right. So give me the best piece of gossip that you think you personally, Rob Shooter, have broken. I know there's so many of them. I like silly stories. I like Mariah stories. 
I broke um, I broke some split stories, Jessica and Nick Lachey breaking up. I broke Conan, being fired from the Tonight Show. I like TV stories, too, so I, I work in TV, so I, I love knowing Kathy Lee's leaving the Today Show and who's going to replace her. I like all those stories, um, too. Um, what's the best? I mean, relationships are always big, big. When, when Brad started first dating Angie, that's a big, big story. Um, I think the best gossip is the same as what we talk about with our friends. So if you're out with your girlfriends, you're going to gossip about who's sleeping with who, who's having an affair, who's having a baby. Who, like, that's the sort of stuff that's big in regular life. It's also big in celebrities. Marriages, breakups, divorces, babies. That's what we want to know about. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So tell me about your new radio show and how it's different from the podcast. It's such fun. I am um, an hour a day. It's me from three to four on Derrica Remains Network. Um, and I did it really. I was, I was co-hosting... Once a week, once every two or three weeks with Taylor Strecker, who's a friend of mine who was at Sirius Radio. And um, I knew I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do a three, four-hour morning show. And so I was in talks with Sirius about doing an afternoon and evening hour of celebrity gossip. And um, that was interesting. The money that they pay at Sirius is so small, it's impossible to live on. And the problem with working for a big company is they own you. So it can't just be another addition to the things that you do, which is what I was looking for. I, I, I love my website, Naughty Gossip. I love my column. I love my TV appearances. Um, and so I was looking for a place that would allow me to do everything that I was doing and add a radio show to the resume. And Derek and Romaine were the ones that were like, do whatever you want. Just if you want to come in here an hour a week, uh, every day, you like once a week, let us know. They're so flexible. They're cool to work with. And then so I started a couple of months ago, and I like it. It's fun. It's a subscription-based service like Taylor. It's six ninety-five a month, and it's um, every day. It's live from three to four. Most people actually, though, I looked at the numbers and the statistics. Most people are listening to it on demand. So after um, after it airs live, it exists as a podcast as an on-demand option for forever. And so people can go back and listen to it on their way home, on the train, or on the bus, or however. They enjoy their day or at the gym. And so, no, it's fun, it's fun to do. I'm good at this. I, I, I like to talk. It's getting there. Like, at first, it was a little rough, and I had to figure out what I wanted it to be. I like really produced shows. So, Taylor shows who your fans, your listeners will, will know, is much more relaxed than mine. It's much more um, unscripted. Mine, I come in with the top gossip of the day, and I like a jingle, I like a doorbell, and I like, like a, a sound effect. And so, it's, sort of, it's almost like Pee Wee's Playhouse for an hour. <laughs> And like, yeah, we play games. Like, I like games. <laughs> we sit there giggling away. I, my hope is if for an hour a day, we can get away with politics and the world and just giggle for an hour. That's what the goal is. I think we're getting there. Yeah. I mean, like Taylor's show when she was on XM and now with Derek and Romaine, I mean, she's so high energy for those, you know, two, three hours. And then you're the same way. I can't imagine the room just doesn't explode into flames. It's a really fun place. And they're so smart. And like, you know, I get it. Like asking people to put their credit cards in and sign up. It's a big deal. I get that you're given a service. It's not, we you know, Naughty Gossip, my website's free and you can go there and enjoy it. It's, it's, it's advertiser based. But these radio shows are wildly expensive what Derek and Remain built like you know from your studio studios are really expensive and to buy that equipment it's I think my show probably loses money at the moment it won't forever but they they took a risk on me Derek and Remain if you can't pull in 
2,000 or so subscribers, 1,000 subscribers, it's really hard to break even. And so um, it's a little bit of a risk. And I signed up for a year, and I love doing it. I, I, I hope people like listen to it. If more people sign up, fantastic, and we'll see where we are. And yeah, you never like, I'm so mellow at this, even though I'm a pretty high energy guy. What will be will be. Like, if it works out and in a year's time, I have a couple of thousands of subscribers and we all make a little money. I'll never become rich from it, but great. And if it doesn't work out and in a year's time, there's just not that big a subscription base, I'll figure out what's next. It's, it's all good. Well, I heard you say on one of your recent podcasts that you've been listening to podcasts, and I will quote you. You said so many of them are horrible and boring. They are horrible. Would you like to name names of ones that you think are horrible and boring? I don't like those really generic. I listened to like a People magazine podcast, and it was just so boring. And I get it. They're advertiser-based, so they're making their money from L'Oreal or Coca-Cola, and they're so scared to be controversial, or they're just forget controversy. They're so scared to have an opinion. And I get it. When you work for a big, big company, the same reason that, you know, if I'd taken a job at Sirius Radio, it would be a very different show because they, they're the boss. And so uh, the nicest thing to being independent is it's your show. You can do what you want. I honestly like it. People that are creative, that enjoy doing this, I encourage them to do it themselves. I think with an iPhone, a telephone, a computer these days, you can do this. Do it. And so, um, yeah, I listened to a whole bunch of these podcasts. Some were very self-important. Some were not entertaining at all. They were just very important. And that, that's not my, that's not my gist. And then some were so silly. Like, I don't need to hear a three, four drunk girls or guys with a bottle of wine, like, telling me what they think about Beyonce. I don't care. Like, I, don't, I don't care what you think. Who are you? That's like, don't, I like, those ones, I was like, oh, why do I care? For me, you've got to, you've got to have a little bit of substance to back it up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to, you got to walk the walk. Like, some rich girl whose parents just gave her a pot. I'm like, why am I listening to you? Like, Amy Schumer, I get it. I, I get it. I get who she is. But I also, too, I don't want to be that guy that only listens to famous people. I'm sure there's... I'm not very good at new artists, though, too. Like, I like Madonna. I like big <laughs> stars. I, I like Justin Bieber now. But 10 years ago, if you sent me a YouTube clip of this little Canadian with the floppy hair, I would have been, who's this? I don't care. I, I'm not good on the up and comers. I get sent stories all the time for Naughty Gossip. I'm like, who are they? Like, if I don't know who they are. Well, yes. I have teenagers, and a lot of times they'll tell me this happened or that happened, and I'll say, I don't know who you're talking about. Like, uh, this is a podcast I tried to listen to, um, The Girl With No Job. I don't know who she is. I just, I, I mean, I know... I know I'm in the minority. She has millions of followers. Good luck to her. I wish her nothing but the best. But I was like, who's this girl telling me what she thinks about Gwyneth Paltrow's diet? I was like, oh, what do I care what you think? It's a whole new world. And so maybe it's a great thing that podcasting gives everybody a voice. For me, God, I did listen to some really cool ones. Okay, well, you'll be listening to mine, and mine is not I don't try to you. you know, listen, I think part of the success of yours beyond you is that you have a really good idea. I don't know any other podcasts that are talking to podcasters, and I think that's a really terrific niche market, and I think that, that that's exciting. There you go. See, I, I paid for college, but it's, it's working out for me. Oh, you Americans, you work so hard. God bless you. I couldn't have gone. I honestly... 
There's no way my mum and dad could have afforded to send five kids to college. It just would never have happened. I'm so lucky. Okay, do you have any podcasts that you do like? Um, I like my friend Taylor's. I do listen to Taylor's because I know her, so it's like listening to a friend. I'm very bad at meeting new people, so I don't like strangers. And so, like, like if, if, if you'd given me Taylor's podcast three years ago, I wouldn't have liked it because I wouldn't have known her. So I think the, the skill of podcast is becoming a, a friend or a familiar voice very quickly. So, like, you've got to get, like, people to like you fast because you're a stranger. So I like, oh, I like Dax Shepard. I think he's lovely. So I listen to Dax's, I think it's called the Armchair Podcast. You mentioned Aliza Rosen. You like Aliza Rosen. I like, yes, indeed. like that one. I don't listen to that much, though. Like, I don't have hours in my day. I'm very lucky. I don't have a commute. I don't have, I don't go to the gym. <laughs> so it's not like I have an hour to kill in the day. And when I do kill time, I generally don't listen to entertainment because it's still work. So if I, it's like entertainment tonight on TV or something, if I'm with friends, I, I wouldn't watch it because I'd be focusing on that, not them. So right. honestly, I like I like movies. I like old movies. I watch a lot of um. Oh, I love TLC because it's just so crazy and it's not really celebrity based. It's real people. So I like watching TLC. I love Nice Day Fiance. I you hate know. the Housewives now. I used to love the Housewives. I used to watch it every day, and now I'm so over it. I like I don't care anymore about that. It's really nice. Just have a little bit of silence. Oh, my goodness. Well, 90 Day Fiance, you, you never know who may get murdered on that show. I love that show. Oh, my gosh. All right. Now, tell my listeners where they can find you. So, NaughtyGossip.com. NaughtyGossip.com is my website. And it's really my home base. So, from NaughtyGossip.com, you can read all the gossip of the day. There's tabs on there. There's a Radio Rob on there if you want to go and, and, and think about subscribing to the radio show. But the best way to get me is... Um, NaughtyGossip.com. There's a contact button there, so you can email me from that website and um, home base. Check it out. It's fun. It's a cheeky site. We 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 have about ten, fifteen people that work there, and the the only rule is for all the staff, you can post whatever you want. Um, just it has to be a little bit naughty, but it has to be a little bit nice. I don't like mean, and I don't like really nice. Really nice is boring. It has to be a combination of both. I agree, and I think that's what makes you the best gossip columnist there is because you're not so hateful, but you're also not too sweet. I think about it when I go out for drinks with my friends. My nastiest friends are so horrible, but they just are so interesting. And my nice friends are so dull. They're lovely people. They're so nice. Jeff, I'm thinking of you. It's so boring. I love you, Jeff. But uh, if you're naughty but nice, if you're somewhere in the middle, that's where the money is. That's hilarious. Listen, I appreciate you doing this so much. I know you're busy, and I know you're recording all sorts of things today, so I appreciate you taking your time out of your day. Congratulations, love. Take care. Okay, and I hope I see you next time I'm in New York. I cannot wait. Take care, babe. Okay. Thanks, Rob. Bye.